You're listening to the podcast about, that's right, about nothing. Available on iTunes, YouTube, and SoundCloud.com. Welcome to another episode of the podcast about nothing. And we are back with our second, or part two, I guess you could call it, of our interview with Dave the Pain Train Mazzani, the recently crowned Extreme Fighting Championship lightweight champion and professional wrestler. Dave, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I uh, had a good match last night, so I'm feeling pretty good, but a little worn out. Uh, and that match was uh, your first time teaming with your sister, right, Gina Danger, Mazzani. Yeah, Gina Gina Danger. Uh, yeah, she's she's also a fighter. She's a shooter, as we say in the business. But yeah, she's the Alaska uh, bantamweight champion right now. But uh, she made her pro wrestling debut last night at the Silverton Casino for future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas. So uh, what predicated uh, you, because you guys were a tag team, correct, last night? Or yeah, yeah, we were a tag team. Um, so- what made that happen? Um, well, I know Remy Marcel, who's a half of the whirlwind gentleman, it's Remy Marcel and Jack Manley, who Jack Manley went to high school with me uh, back in the day. Um, I know Remy like really wanted my sister to wrestle. You know what I mean? He kind of pushed that match. So she, Gina, got kind of involved. Uh, there was a tag team. Well, there was a uh, individual named Bugatti here in town who, you know, I had a singles match with him and his valet, who's named Maserati, kept interfering and stuff. And so um, after that happened a few times, my sister had to intervene a few few times uh it built up to uh a tag match between uh bugatti and maserati versus both of the mazanis <laughs> so, that's a mouthful yeah so how did the uh, how did the match go for you guys teaming for the first time it went really well man um we couldn't we couldn't get the uh gina in at first you know uh, maserati the female who she gina wanted to get her hands on the whole time kept uh scurrying out getting out of the way but then you know eventually a hot tag happened and gina let her have it and we finished with a double iron claw which failed but we hit a sequential uh german suplex across the ring like crisscross german suplex for the one two three pin the uh the crowd is hot for it because they really want to see those guys get taken out and uh, there, there isn't very many. I notice there's not very many faces in the indie scene right now, as far as females. Like at least around Vegas area, it seems like all the females are heels. You know, so Gina, being a baby face, was, was really over. People were really excited, and she's a shooter, so she actually looks like she can beat some ass. So yeah, it's nice. she does. I've met Gina in person, and I mean, you know, you know, very beautiful girl, but she definitely looks like she could beat the shit out of me if she had to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's great. I'm glad her debut went well, especially being in there with her brother. You would think normally brother and sister teams would, you know, be fighting each other more than they would the competition. Yeah, we used to fight each other, but, you know, now you get older and we're more mature, we take care of each other. So um, it only made sense that we would be on the same team. So um, did any other notables on that card? Um, I mean, the main event was Matt Hardy. uh, And Matt Hardy and Kevin Cross, which is kind of exciting just to – I don't know, I grew up watching Matt Hardy, you know, like when I was younger, and it was kind of neat to see him work, and he's he's got a new gimmick. Yeah, um, broken Matt. Yeah. yeah, so it was it's a lot of fun, dude. Like I don't know, I had a I had a fun time watching him work and everything, and 
and then that was a that was a cage ladder match or a, uh, it wasn't like a ladder ladder match you know they had they had to go get a, a belt at the top but but they weren't throwing high spots or nothing but they had a really good match together him and kevin and then because they're both big guys now mm. um and then before that was a uh, weapons ladder match with uh funny bone and uh cutthroat cutthroat cody um and that that one that kind of a bloody one fsw doesn't normally have a lot of weapons and blood and stuff like that but you know so when it happens it's more of a special thing than you know yeah i was than, gonna ask if that was um you know, just like feud blow off matches or is that the norm there but you that, that already that that matches was built up for a while um they were kind of both hiding behind their uh you know their valets or their corner people and stuff that that i wouldn't say manager because cutthroat cody has like a little i don't know disciple and uh yeah they they, they kind of like they, they couldn't get a clean fight so they ended up just doing a weapons match in the middle of a cage so that was a lot of fun like cutthroat cody went over on a funny bone and it was fun. It was, it was, it was, and, and, and even though it was, you know, had some, some, uh, weapons and blood and stuff, I think the spots they did made sense and they built it up. They just weren't throwing people through thumbtacks just for the hell of it. It made sense in the match, you know? Yeah, that's a lot of talk lately. Cause I know we were talking offline and saying that you haven't had, you've been so busy not being able to see WWE stuff, but all the talk is about Seth Rollins and, you know, he hurt Finn Balor. He didn't really, I mean, he didn't do it deliberately. He gave Finn, a, I don't know if you saw SummerSlam, but a, a buckle, like bomb, but outside the ring into the barrier. Yeah. And uh, Finn stuck his arm out to brace himself because he doesn't know where the hell he's going to land. And that's when he, his shoulder popped out of place and guy just popped that shit right back in and finished. So that was maybe two minutes into the match. Right. And wrestled the whole match. And then, you know, how he kneed John Cena in the nose, busted his nose, and he right. buckle bomb Sting, busted his neck. So the, all the talk these days has been about unnecessary stuff. So when right, you get through a right. weapons match and nobody is really too much the worst wear, that just shows you the guys know what they're doing. Yeah, they, uh, you know, he got a little bloody, but I th- you know he wasn't limping or nothing. He came out good. Um, you know, the kind of funny thing is, uh, what, what are they? They call him. They're calling uh, uh, the Demon King. They're calling what's his name? Yeah, uh, Balor. Balor, the Demon King. But that's been uh, Funny Bones thing for a long time. <laughs> it's his. It's his. Uh, it's actually his Twitter. So it's his Twitter handle that he's been using, the Demon King. So it's kind of funny that, that all of a sudden that became a thing with Finn. Because I think that's a new thing with Finn Balor, right? Like right, yeah. They never really put a name on it. They just called it the Demon or his Dark, whatever. But they never. Yeah. But once Vince McMahon got a hold of it, you know, he put a name on it so he can market it. It's just kind of funny. So it's like, man, Funny Bone, okay. I don't know if he can't be the Demon King anymore, but he had it first. But yeah, he had it first. He's got to get to the copyright office, I guess. And, uh, yeah, I guess he didn't make it or He's going to get a lot of unexpected tweets from young kids that don't know the difference and think he's right. going to So enjoy it while it lasts. All right. Um, what was I just going to ask? Oh, so um, is there any – are you getting any, uh, I guess, rub or feedback coming off your big MMA win like in the pro wrestling ring? Um, yeah, actually, like, and that's how the feud started with Bugatti is I came to the FSW, uh, you know, FSW, uh, pay-per-view, uh, not the pay-per-view. They had a, a casino show and I came with my belt and I cut a promo. And I was like, Hey, you guys haven't seen me for a while because I was preparing for this fight in South Africa. It was really important for me, you know, but thanks for being here. I appreciate wrestling for 
FSW and you know I'll be here soon. And then that's when Bugatti was sick of hearing me talk and he started the rivalry. And, but yeah, no. So I brought the I brought the title belt to you know the squared circle and you know just just said, hey man, this is where I've been. This is what I do. And I think it's gained respect for the people in the crowd because yeah, I'm not might not be in the FSW all the time, but when I'm not, I'm getting ready for a fight overseas. You know so. They, they they respect that, which is cool. Oh, that is cool. Um, before we get, I don't want to get too far from that topic. Why don't you let everybody know? Because I know our last show that you were on, you, know, you were talking about the prep for this fight. Yeah. Why don't you let everybody know who they didn't catch it? I don't know how it went with that at the EFC for you. Yeah, so I was at EFC Extreme Fighting Championships. It's a, it's a promotion in uh in South Africa. Um, I had a fight in Johannesburg, uh, main event for the title. Um against Leon Mainhart, who's had the title for two and a half years. Uh, I, I ended up choking him out first round, which is awesome. Like, I didn't want to go five rounds. You never do. I, I want to come out unscathed and everything. And uh, it went well, man. It went smooth. No injuries. Came out, did my job, and left. <laughs> like, I don't know. And it was weird because afterwards, usually I cut a big promo, and I'm all fiery and stuff. After that, it was just like I, I met a, a big goal that I've gone after for a long time. Because my first fight in South Africa was five years ago, and then they didn't bring me back for a while. And then I finally got contracted. And uh, so I've been thinking about that belt for a very long time. And so when I got it, I just smiled and laughed. And it was like, wow, <laughs> I did it. And uh, now I guess I have to defend it, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I saw some of the press conference after the fight, and uh... – your opponent, you just said his name, and I don't want to butcher it. But he would—he made it sound like you. I mean, I know you didn't because I watched it. But he—he's like, yeah, he got me against the cage. He got lucky, and then he's like, I would rather tap than fall asleep. You think it'd be the other way around? You think he'd want to fight till the end? You know, but you must have really because um, for people that didn't see it, you—you had a guillotine, but you had like your—I want to say your left arm. I might be wrong, but like way up in the air, like not the type that you normally see. Yeah, I had a high elbow guillotine. What you do is you like. Like I like I had the I had the guillotine locked under his neck with my left arm and my right arm was up and over his shoulder so it gives you a little more leverage and yeah that thing was in tight like he would have went to sleep if he didn't tap and he he knew he was got um I I, I don't know um yeah I could, it's it's weird man I I gra- I've grappled so many hours on the mat so many hours I put so much time in I've gotten choked so much I choked people so much. Um, just so, so the idea that I got lucky and fell into a choke is, is kind of silly to me. Um, I train so much groundwork. So when I make something happen on the ground, it's, it's difficult for me to think that it was lucky. Like if I was against Damian Maya, yeah, I would have got lucky, you know, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) you know what I mean? Against a guy who, in my opinion, hasn't spent as much time on the ground, on the mat as I have. Eh, that's not luck, man. Luck is where preparation meets opportunity. And I created, um, I saw an opportunity and there was preparation that allowed me to execute a move that I've learned and used and I did it. And that's the bottom line because <laughs> the pain train said so. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be the best feeling though when you drill something and you actually get a chance to use it. You know, a lot of times yeah. guys just look like they're lost on the ground. Well, you weren't even on the ground. You caught the guy on his feet, you know, with it, which yeah. is also rare. Uh, I think the last time I saw that was um, for people that need a visual was when John Jones had uh, Machida up against the cage yep. and put him to sleep with a similar, like, uh, I guess, a that guillotine. Was, 
that was very similar to what I did. He had a high elbow guillotine. Yeah, it was very, very similar to what I did. Uh, yeah, it, it's yeah. It, it, we and we were on the ground for a little bit. He had a kimura on me, and I was sort of just letting it ride. He cranked it. I rolled out of it, and as I rolled out of it, I grabbed a front headlock right away. And again, oh, okay. that's instinct. That's instinct that I have built over just hours and hours of mat on the uh, on mat time. You know, if if my instinct was to like you know, always punch him, I wouldn't have caught that front headlock. You know what I mean? But I punch when it's necessary and I grab front headlocks when it's necessary. And right there, his neck was sticking out and I grabbed it. And, uh, and his instinct wasn't to tuck his chin and turn the wrong way or turn the right way. He, he actually, you know, he, he stayed, you know, he, he could have the, the way. I, so here's the funny thing before that fight, I was telling my corner, I was like, dude, there's no way I'm going to, finish a guillotine because I'm, I'm not landing them in practice like i go for them but i never land them but extreme couture we have some guillotine monsters in there so that means their guillotine defense is really good you know so i haven't been landing it in practice but when i when i got on this guy you know his neck was open he isn't tucked like all my teammates you know so you know i i, I was able to choke him so when i felt his arteries and on my forearm i was like well I guess I'm going to finish this, even though I told myself <laughs> I wasn't, you know. Well, it's that saying, you hear it all the time from Joe Rogan, iron sharpens iron. You're in there with a bunch of high-level killers, so when you, you don't really realize how good your partners are until you get somebody who isn't as good. No, it, it, it's weird because you'll get discouraged getting on that every day with, with all the UFC guys, RFA guys. You know, we have a whole map full of professional fighters, you know, at, in, in North, Ameri- North American professional fighters, you know, and when I... Uh, you know, some days I'm just like, man, I suck. I'm terrible. And then I'll like go to like maybe the nor- normal jujitsu class or maybe I'll roll with an amateur guy or something. And I'll be like, oh, wait, I'm really good. <laughs> wow, I know a lot of stuff. And then, uh, you know, it's it's really weird. So I don't know. Well, you just yeah. refereed a, what, a Naga competition this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, referee for North American Grappling Association. So um, I usually do all the West Coast events. I'm going to do uh, Seattle coming up. I'm going to do uh, uh, San Francisco. Uh, there's one in Texas coming up, and I'm going to do another one in October in Phoenix again. I just got back from Phoenix. Yeah, so that's what I did. I, I refereed all weekend. We, we're like tra- big traveling carnies. We're like carnival people. We, we, we go to a semi-truck. We unpack that, set up a whole tournament, register people, You know, go go home, You know, go to bed, wake up, be at the venue by 7.30, register people referee a whole tournament with no breaks and then pack it all up and we're usually done by seven eight nine ten o'clock at night wow. <laughs> i remember so, old karate tournaments when i was a kid and you don't even yeah. appreciate the setup for that yeah. no and, and, no and this one's high end we have nice clocks we have a big merch stand um you know the mats are high quality good mats and you know like we set we have we, we transport tables and chairs and it's it's a lot of stuff, dude, and I'm like and there's a lot of intricacies because there's a lot of divisions, a lot of awards we got to set up. Um, we got to bracket everything ourselves. The refs bracket their own events, their own like tables because there's last minute entries. So I got to learn how to bracket, troubleshoot, learn the rules. Um, customer service there's always somebody pissed off that you have to like feel you know it's it's a lot of energy. And so it's kind of funny. I did that whole tournament and I rode my motorcycle back on Sunday. You know, took all my gear off, showered, shaved, uh, threw some food down my throat, and then I went and wrestled. It was like, you know, 
Wow. It, was, it was a busy day Sunday, so I'm pretty worn out today. So what was it like um, getting uh, Gina ready for her debut? It was good. She picked up stuff really fast. I mean, um, she she worked a lot with Remy, Marcel, and Jack Manley on, th- on Thursdays. And then also at FSW, there's a Disco Inferno that will work with us. And uh, um, formerly known as Kizarni mm-hmm. works there, and now he's Sen Bodhi. Yeah. yeah, and he uh, he he helped her out a lot too, and so it was good. Like they they helped her, you know, they helped her out with mechanics and the basics, and you know, I helped her with like this is how we enter the ring, this is where the hard cam is, these are our lanes, um, just little details of of what pro wrestling is, and uh, but still, like even the day of the match, we were like working stuff in the ring, you know, like some basic mechanics just to get up get it sharp and she put it together because she's an athlete you know and that's what we do we can you know we know how to physically adapt to things fast so um is that available like like, was it online or is it somewhere where people can still go back and see it not yet i don't know somebody was talking about posting the video online that they had on their uh on their cell phone but there is a product that they'll put on like a late night tv show and i need to talk to the promoter and see what they're gonna do with that because yeah, it was a really cool match, and if it could, if the video that they did of the the, the match could be captured, if it could capture the pop of the crowd at all, it'd be worth watching because it was it was cool. Everybody was excited that was in the arena. They really want to see Gina go out there and do her thing. Um, she's already more over than I am in her, for her debut. <laughs> so there we go. Shoot. Oh, well, um, just to let you know our my lovely co-host and wife Jesse is back with us. Hello. Hooray! Hi. Hi. How's Doggy doing? Doggy is quiet and sleeping. We have a pit bull, and she is so sleepy all the time. Her name's Cat. And we have another uh, Silver Lab here. His name's Coda, but he's a little more hyperactive. But Cat will sleep all day if you if you let her. Yeah. We also have a cat named Bob, but Bob doesn't bark. Bob meows. Yeah, our cat meows too in the middle of the night. <laughs> sees ghosts or something. Yeah. Is it is it hard to see your sister fight? Like, do you want to be overprotective? Do you find yourself want to be like, whoa, it's my sister? You know what I mean? Like, is it in you to want to? Maybe sometimes training if there's like other guys in there training with her. Because I mean, obviously there's not a lot of females to to train with, and sometimes females get catty with each other. So sometimes it's better with for females to go with males. Um. But, like, sometimes there'll be a guy that might be bigger or stronger and there's being, like, a dick. And I kind of want to go in there and tune him up sometimes, you know. But I got to just let her do her thing, you know. But, I mean, the actual fight, eh, you know. I, I just try to prepare, keep her prepared and in the right spot. And, and, you know, she does what she needs to do, you know. And I got to, as a corner person, make sure she is, you know, I, I give the best instruction, so... Yeah, that, I guess that's the emotion. It means I'm nervous because, you know, obviously I want success out of it. I want her to have success because it's important. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't get, like, mad where I want to jump in or nothing because I understand the whole thing. Because <laughs> we, we were watching a reality show, uh, Wrestler. Um, what? Hello. Ultimate Fighter? No, no, The Wrestler with His Daughter. Uh, hello. Oh, uh, Mick Foley show, Nick Holy Foley. Foley. 
Yeah, and she <coughs> wanted to be a wrestler, and you know the rea- the mixed emotion. And, oh yeah, yeah Nick just didn't want her to. I mean, I'm sure right. part of it is for reality TV because uh, I think it's. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the guy. I think it's Pat Barry or Dave Barry. Huh. As uh, has a school out in Long Island, so she was you know allegedly sneaking behind Mix back to train with him. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, I just want to be a WWE superstar. Skip all the other steps you need. <laughs> right, like. <laughs> right. But his fear was just seeing her, you know, take bumps or, or everything right. you just said, I guess. But you're talking about like MMA fighting, but in, in terms right. of wrestling. But I and you she... know what? <laughs> if if I had a child, you know, um, I wouldn't encourage fighting by any means. You know, I wouldn't be like, hey, this is what you should do, because it's it's such a rough road. I mean, even for my, you know, even my sister, like she's got a lot of opportunity you know what i mean and, and and she can move way faster in this business than i can and it's still super hard on her you know what i mean like you get one little injury you can't train for a while and then your purpose is taken away um you can't really hold a real steady job socially you're kind of messed up like you get in a relationship and somebody doesn't understand them why you have to like train and do all this stuff i mean i guess you don't have to i mean that's the thing you don't have to it's a choice, and if you want to do it right, you do it a certain way. It's kind of like, you know, even this wrestling show. I mean, I spent all Sunday doing this wrestling show, and then afterwards, I'm tired as hell. You know what I mean? I'm super tired, even though, you know, hey, how come you're, like, all cheery with all these people? And then, I'm, you know, after the all said and done, then I'm, like, tired and grumpy. Well, you know, the part of the wrestling gig is to interact with people and, and, and you know, be cool. And then... But once you leave that arena, it all shuts down and you got to, you know, be dealt with. So the show business and the instability and all that stuff is not, it's not ideal and it's not a comfortable thing. So I think it would be hard to see a daughter or a son go through that because you truly have to have a passion for it. I would never push somebody that doesn't have a passion for this into this, you know. Yeah, because she was showing all her bruises, you know, and like, yeah, it was just like she was going into the detail of, of yeah. Mm. The aches and pains, you know, like oh, I'm hurting. Right. <laughs> I'm hurting. Well, like Dave said, you just you need that mindset to go out there and finish what you start. I mean, just the yeah. exercise alone is time consuming. Never mind learning you know, everything that yeah. you have to know, and the hours you got to put in, and the repetition. It's and, and you know that part's the easy part. The injuries, the the training, the you know learning stuff. That's the easy part. That's the easy fun part. You know. The hard part is is going against the grain of society, um, not knowing how you're going to pay your next bill because you can't. I mean, for example, right now I have that world title in South Africa, and this is the most broke and financially unstable I've ever been in my whole entire life. You know, I put so much into getting to this point that getting to this point has brought me nothing financially, you know, Um so, yeah, I have cool stories to tell, you know, but like some people would look at me and think I'm an idiot because like, OK, what'd you do all this for? You know, you don't you don't have anything. And I don't I have I mean, I have my vehicle and, you know, I have the animals, I have stuff. <laughs> you have the doggies and the kids. I have the dogs, you know, like, <laughs> but, you know, I don't have like I'm not I'm not like, hey, I feel really good about going out to eat. You know, like I just spent my whole wrestling purse on Buffalo Wild Wings because I was like so excited to go to Buffalo Wild Wings. You know what I mean? Like. There we go. Like, and we didn't make much, you know, you don't make much off of wrestling either. It's I don't think people realize that, um, you know, that they go to these shows. A lot of guys are doing it either just for the experience or, or just to get some exposure, get some ring time. 
Yep. I mean, I, I hear stories or, you know, podcasts, other interviews where they're wrestling for, like, a voucher, like, for food right. and no money at all. And I don't think right. people notice, you know, they just think everybody's in the WWE. And, no, and, yeah, and it, it, it really, honestly, it pisses me off. I've gotten a lot when I talk to a, a person in MMA, you know, a person that's in the MMA trying to get themselves to the UFC, you know, same position as me, and they're like, hey, man, you know, I'm thinking about doing that pro wrestling. Is there good money in that? And I'm like, you in ignorant, you know, like, ignorant person, dude. Like, come on, man. Like, you're in a sport that's just like this. Like, you, you, you think there's money in this? Like, there's not. Like, you're doing it. You're doing it essentially for a thank you. You're doing it for like a, hey, I really enjoyed that. And then you feel good about yourself. Hey, you entertained me. Hey, you inspired me. You know, that's what you're doing it for. You're not doing it for the payday. Uh, like, I, in the past, like, like this one guy, I know he wanted to go pro for fighting, and, and he he wasn't very good. I mean, I like he was like two, three weight classes above me, and in sparring, I accidentally knocked him out because he was, you know what I mean, that far off. And you know, he's like a two o fiver, dude. And <laughs> I was like, he's like, hey man, am I ready to go pro? And I'm like, no, you're not ready to go pro, bro. Like that was bad, you know. And my coach was like, no, he's like this dude is sleeping on the mat. And I was like, well, why do you want to go pro so bad? You know, I just want to, like, you know, make money for my family. And I'm like, dude, dude, get a job. Like, that's how you make money for your family, you know. So, like, I don't know. I guess it's my opinion. But I think if, if you're going to have a family and stuff like that, you either be fighting with a good job or just give up the dream, bro. Give it up because, you know, this isn't a stable way to, like, provide for somebody else. Right now, me fighting, I'm just a broke mofo that like i'm only hurting myself i'm not hurting anybody else you know i'm not making a kid you know like not have clothes i can't I, it's not I'm a kid that i don't, can't buy clothes for and stuff it's it's just me i'm the one who i'm the kid i can't buy clothes for you know my socks mismatch you know i wear old shoes and <laughs> you know what i mean like uh, they say it's a single guy's business you know and it's it better is. when you're not having to Never mind if you do make it, you know, big, quote unquote. Then you're traveling almost every day of the year, anyway. Right. If you're talking pro wrestling, MMA, you stay in one spot. But like, even make, you know, you make, you you, you break yourself into, uh, uh, you break yourself into the, the 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 MMA, the UFC. You know, you're still only making ten grand a show and ten grand to win. So a potential twenty thousand dollar fight every, you know, you know, you fight two to four times a year if you're lucky you know so it's still not you yeah. gotta pay for your camp and yes you gotta pay for your camp people don't realize that either when they see those purses you know usually you gotta like give 10 percent to your coach 10 percent to your manager um you know if you're gonna fight in the ufc you're gonna be doing extra things but maybe you're paying other coaches for stuff um you know, people don't train you for free, and and I don't tr expect people to train me for free because like I'm in the business of training people as well, so I never feel entitled to training for my coaches. Like I feel bad asking for them because I know I can't compensate them. You know, so it's kind of hard. Like you do this on your own, like cl climbing your way up, and then when I get to the top, all of a sudden I'm gonna be coached by people, and I have a feeling it's gonna be hard to like adapt to that. You know, because I've been this independent fighter for so long, and all of a sudden, you know, then I'll have a coach that'll supposedly give a shit about me, <laughs> you know? And I think they all care, but, like, I get it. I want to help everybody, too, but I can't help somebody if I'm not compensated, you know? 
What um what? who do you look up to in terms of if it's a sports person, like who inspires you? You know, like just when you think you're down, is there anybody that you kinda look to? Or inspiration um, wise, like I guess you know, because one thing I've learned, like, you know, never meet your heroes because uh, a lot of times you realize they're different than you thought they were. You know what I mean? Like, like that's kind of tough. But like, so I guess the, the one that, you know, the, the one guy that's always been solid and, and then that that has made sense. And, and it would be my dad, you know, like because he was a very hardworking guy, you know, like we, he had this family and he worked his butt off to make sure we had a good, good, uh, a good life, you know, as a construction guy and, and, uh, was always like, you know, I think, I I think there are always things that like might bother, you know, you'd be emotionally bothered by, but he never showed it when, you know, in front of us, you know what I mean? He made sure we felt comfortable and, you know, just having that mental toughness to one work and provide, for one and two to always be cool, calm and collected. Um, that takes, that takes fortitude and that takes toughness and people don't realize, you know, that kind of discipline, you know, and I think, you know, that I owe a lot of my demeanor and work ethic to him and the example that he set. So that's the best one. I mean, sports figures, it's, it's kind of tough. Cause like I said, you know, there's this facade we put on the outside. I'm sure I create a facade for other people. When they see me, uh, you know, on the internet or through whatever, through the medium of sport. I know when I grab a microphone, I'm a hell of a lot different than I am in real life. <laughs> you know, you're talking to the pain train. You're not talking to Dave Mazzani or the person I really am, you know. So I guess that's the long answer to your question. <laughs> that's still a good answer. Is there any, um, you might have touched on this last time, but is there any pro wrestler that influences your in-ring style? <sighs> you know what, like. It's been tough, you know, like, so it's kind of funny. I mean, obviously, like, I, you know, I took the Iron Claw from, like, Baron Von Raschke and, uh, the Von Erics, you know, that, that idea, that, that, that submission I, I took from them. Uh, you know, it's funny. Goldberg was the one guy that I'm kind of, I've, I've kind of studied a little bit because he, you know, he, he had this shooter style, you know, where he'd go in and just wreck people and, uh, you know, come out. I want, it's funny because like, like Disco, he, he really, you know, wants to influence me to be like, Dave, you're a shooter, you know, put your hands up like you're fighting, um, do shooter moves, um, when they hit the ground, go right to submissions. And that's kind of what like Goldberg would do. And, you know, and I remember watching Ken Shamrock wrestle. So I went back to watch Ken Shamrock, but Ken Shamrock, because he was a shooter, I was like, I wonder what he did. But he, like, it was actually pretty wrestly style. He was, like, yeah. you know, pro wrestler, you know, so I couldn't really study him. Um, so I, I, I remember taking from Goldberg. Um, I can't, I can't say I emulate anybody exactly yet, but, um, like, I, so I'm trying to mix shooter meets pro wrestler, because, you know, maybe like I remember throwing leg kicks and stuff and thinking about how like Daniel Bryan would would throw his leg kicks and stuff and how, how he had that because he had a good shoot style. Like I, if you look at some of his indie indie matches, you know, he had like mm-hmm. a shoot style that looked really good. Um, AJ Styles but, works the leg kicks, too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's, you know, I'm, I'm trying to create my own thing, but it. 
it, it's kind of hard because I want to, I want to, I want to look, I want to be a shooter. But then again, like, dude, I'm wrestling and I and I want to get away from shooting. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, it's a good. I, I mean, you probably know who he is, be, but um, I know you want to be your own guy. You don't want to just be, you know, the <laughs> UFC guy that wrestles or the MMA guy rather that wrestles. Right. Because um, I mean, MMA is fucking boring, and that's mm-hmm. why. You know who does a good mix? <laughs> if you if you don't if you aren't a fan already, is the kid uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle yeah, look him up. Google him. He's in uh, Ring of Honor, New Japan, and he does, you know, he does MMA stuff, the kicks, especially yeah. uh, you know, the guillotines, the arm bars, and he makes them look good. It's not like you know some half-assed stuff, but yeah. he, but he also has a, a personality. So if you can YouTube him, um, uh, he's in PWG a lot. He's in Ring of Honor mostly, but he's a good guy that you might want to uh, pick some stuff off off of. Yeah, he's really good, and his partner, this guy Bobby Fish. Is also sim- similar. Like they both are known as like quote unquote like shooter guys. Yeah. But um, it's just I mean they train in martial arts and wrestling, so he's like a BJJ guy, uh, O'Reilly, and he just right. works it into his matches. But he still can have he still does you know pro wrestling stuff, but he, it just makes him that more more legitimate. You know. Right. The strikes and everything. Does these crazy leg sweeps and, and stuff like that. But then he does That's like sleazy cool. Kyle is what the crowd will chant at him at PWG. Because he'll just Sle- do some sleazy, nasty shit all of a sudden. <laughs> you know, on top That's of funny. All that. So yeah, if you could find him, he's he's pretty good. Him, Bobby Fish, and uh, the guy at the WWE now, uh, Nakamura. He, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, he works in all the strikes, and he's like a crazy psycho at the same time. I don't know what he's doing with his hands, but <laughs> the crowd loves it. He's like having a seizure on the way to the ring. Seriously, every time they in. lose their minds. Oh, yeah, love it. Uh, hey, what makes you laugh? <laughs> we'll get something what makes me laugh? Yeah, but guaranteed make you laugh. Oh man! Comedians, movies, like what gets a good laugh out of you? The, the word boobies. <laughs> That's what you said. Yeah, I like to spell it with a W. Boobs. Boobs. I don't know. I think I think you know I I can laugh at pretty much anything. I'm not I'm not a crude. Uh, I'm I'm usually the guy like yelling and screaming in the gym, creating a scene, being goofy. And that's just that's just who I am. Like you know, I'm rocking the fanny pack all the time, and I'm just my own. I'm my own being, dude. The like, pain train fanny pack. Yes. Yeah. I put my put my patch on it, man. Like that's right. The hat, the pack, t-shirt. The that's hat. mandatory. Yeah. For, yeah. I got the t-shirt. I got a uh, beer koozies. Oh my I got gosh. Buttons and magnets, man. I got all the merch, son. That's I just right. need to start. You got to put it on, on a website or something, and uh, yeah, yeah, I've got a website. I need to figure out a store. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> The 90s are back, too, so... The 90s look? The 90s look is very in. So if you want to put, like, a choker style, but, like, man style, you know... Just a man there. choker style? Yes! Like a, choker like a, yeah, yeah, like a hemp a, necklace or something? Yeah. No, I think she means, like, the high-collared shirts. Yeah, you know, like that style, Like too. a turtleneck? Turtleneck, mock turtleneck, you know what I mean? Like, it's something <laughs> going with a style like that. Make a statement, mm-hmm. you know? Why not? I don't know. You never know. I'm not. I'm not a very good fashion guy. I was like telling people, "Man, I wish I had fashion." And dude's like, "You got fashion. It's just your own." <laughs> <laughs> That's what Jesse tells me. Thanks Shoot. for my thousands of comic book T-shirts. Thousands. <laughs> right. I'm sick of T-shirts. I have so many T-shirts. It's it's uh, stupid. <laughs> you feel like be nude. That's my motto. But. Uh, um, That's how I feel with Vegas. Man. Hey, you were talking about um, some fights. Did you get a chance to see any of the recent uh, UFC stuff? I barely saw the Conor McGregor fight. The uh, McGregor. Oof. Okay, I was gonna say, what did you think of that one, or the finish rather? Uh, it, it, there's no finish. It's a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's tough because like you look at the overall numbers and Diaz landed more shots, but I think McGregor won more rounds. 
you know? So, and it's kind of tough, and Diaz got those, or McGregor got those knockdowns and stuff. I mean, it creates a good rubber match, which I guess that's cool, you know? <laughs> yeah, a lot of talk was, um, I guess, round, a... round three and four. I mean, by four, they just seem like the default to give to McGregor. I haven't gone back to watch it to really tell. I need to watch it, too. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Oh, we could kill me. Um, I don't. I, I'm a big. I'm. I like Diaz a lot. You know, I really do. I mean, he's just fun. He's like, he's just fun, and he is who he is. But the the thing that bugged me about him is when I went to Whole Foods here in Vegas, I talked to the lady at the front cash register, and she goes, "Oh man, those Diaz brothers in here. I'm like, That's cool." She's like, "No, they left a mess because they went in there and ate. They pushed all the tables together, and they didn't throw away all their garbage. You know." And I'm like, oh, man, I like really like the Diaz brothers. And now like they're kind of making me mad because people who don't clean up after themselves kind of bother me. <laughs> like, if you do that in your own house, that's cool. But like doing it yeah, in public. Yeah, it just shows a lack of respect. Yeah, and if you're a dickhead to a waiter, like oh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's number that's one. How, that's, how that's, I, number one yeah. that's one of my indicators for people is how they treat the help, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Yeah, like, hey, man, yeah. you messed up. Fuck you. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> Yeah, right, shows not, a lot, man. So people like, like to make themselves like, feel better by doing that. Yeah, man. Because every, everybody fucks up, dude. We all fuck up. And uh, can I say that word? I don't know if I'm yeah, going to say Yeah, we're unrated. Don't worry about it. Right, right. <laughs> okay, yeah, we all do that, you know. And, and so it's like, um, I don't know, like, don't just because it happened to you doesn't mean the other person. I don't know. You know, you, I don't know. You're doing yeah. Well, I know what you mean. My other motto is don't make your problem my problem. You know, just because something happened to you doesn't mean you have to share it with me. Unless I'm a therapist. <laughs> Right, but yeah, I mean, when I was watching the fight, it was more of an emotional thing because I just wanted Diaz to win, so I wasn't exactly yeah. subjective. It just seemed like a point in the third round where it looked like he could have had it, and he just ran out of time. Yeah, Same see, and it's end. not like I, I don't, it's not like I don't like McGregor. I like them both, you know. I just like, I don't know, I, I, I just like seeing the underdog win, yeah. the not money fighter, you know, like. Well, he UFC's made money on that one. I think they're talking. He, he got about thirteen million yeah, or something. Yeah, thirteen million. So he's not the underdog in the money department anymore. Oh, he can't make that but, claim anymore. Holy yeah, crap. It, it, it just it, it, McGregor's one. I mean, I'm not saying he's good. I mean, I'm not saying he's not. Mm-hmm. But like, I think the UFC took care of him. Oh yeah. Because UFC. Here's the thing. Like people say, I mean, UFC is a shoot and WWE is a work. But UFC is almost as much of a work as it is a shoot because. The way they can match you up, they can bury you. Like if they didn't like McGregor and they're like, "Yeah, McGregor, we'll give you a good chance. You deserve a shot." Threw him against the wrestler right yeah, away. Exactly. Right, he came on the scene. He would have got beat. And now that he can like train full time, he could probably handle a, a, a top end wrestler. You know, like he has that capability. You know, it's kind of like right now. Could I fight a top ten lightweight in the UFC? Hell no. There's no way. Like I've been. Stressed over bills, stressed over this and that, and barely get into the gym. Um, you know, I gotta put it. I gotta go in debt to get into the gym. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like as much as I need to. Um, but if I had a good cash flow, I could train twice a day, have a nutritionist. Um, you know, have body work done. You know, be doing the all, all the gimmicks, all the you know the 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 cold air thingy, the cryos, freeze yeah. stuff. You know, you could be doing all that, you know, and yeah, it, you're just a different fighter with that kind of money backing, so. Oh, it makes a difference. I mean, he had he, a whole house, a gym built just for him, mm-hmm. uh, all yeah. kinds of stuff for this fight. 
yeah, so it's like, okay, like, come on, dude. You know, like the UFC took care of him and allowed him to, to grow, which is cool, which is, which is awesome. And that's kind of, and, you know, I think I, I, I'm getting that opportunity promotionally with EFC. They are giving me a platform because I could easily get fights, you know, not easily, but I could get fights just here and there and wherever. But EFC is providing me a platform to, you know, give interviews, um, create a fan base, build a storyline. I can do all those things. I can start showing what I can do for a promotion to entertain people as opposed to just fighting. Because there's a lot of motherfuckers my age, or, you know, not my age, but a lot of motherfuckers my size that can fight. But how many can put asses in seats, you know? And I, I feel like once you get to know my personality and you see me fight and see how I handle things, you know, and, and, and listen to me talk, I think I could put asses in seats. But, you know, that's my opinion. I like me. So whatever. <laughs> it's all about those asses. That's right. right? Those dances, every right? what is it? Every right. twenty inches, you want an ass. You I think want that's an what ass. Jim Ross used to say. Well, speaking of putting ass in seats, before we wrap things up, um, what do you think of uh, the uh, CM Punk's debut is coming up in about a month? Man, that's. I mean, I, I don't know. I I get it. Like CM Punk's like, hey, I want to do an MMA fight, and UFC's like, hey, we'll pay you money to do an MMA fight, and so like, all right, cool, take that opportunity. That's that's really awesome you know, for him to take that opportunity and he'll put asses in seats. So it's, it's kind of like a toss up, like people, Oh man, that's not fair. You know, we work our asses off and I do, I've sacrificed my whole life to get to that octagon that he's going to step into. Oh, as an O and O fighter, you know? So yeah, there's a part of me that's like, dang, that's not fair. This sucks. I wish I had that. And there's another part of me that like, okay, he's paid his dues and he's made himself and he's, he's gotten that lucky break you know, and the, you know, being a professional wrestler, and he, now he can do what he wants. Um, it, it, you know, life isn't fair. So, like, what? Who am I to judge? But it, how is he gonna do? Eh, you know, if he goes against anybody that's halfway decent, you know, as an O and O fighter, I don't care how much you train, how good you are. Um, if you don't have that ring time on a real fight, it's way different. I mean, me being a worker and a shooter. Um, I feel like I can give an honest assessment. I respect what he's doing. Um, and will I like judge him or think he's less of a man or less of a person for losing a fight? No, but, um, if he, I, I mean, depending on who his matchup is for sure, I, I haven't seen the guy he's fighting, but it's going to be, it's going to be, a, it's going to be tough to watch because he's not, pretty, uh, it's a young kid. I think he's got two wins. I won in the UFC, Mickey Gall, and he strangled the shit out of both guys that he fought. Right. Uh, it's not. I mean, I don't know. As um, I'm watching documentaries now that they're airing for Punk, but they're about a year old. You know, they're showing when he just started. Mm-hmm. So um, I, right. I don't know what you're gonna see. I mean, like you said, he could train all day. Everybody could be a gym pad champion. And, yeah, uh, it's different. And the, and, the, and the lucky thing is, he's got like he can perform in front of a large audience, and that's half the battle for like getting that ring rust off. It, it was kind of funny because I fought um, this last fight with the most. Um, pro wrestling matches under my belt that I ever had and I was not as nervous as I usually was going to this fight you know for the UFC and I think a lot of it was me getting used to a curtain getting used to a spotlight getting used to a crowd you know every other weekend pro wrestling um and it gave me a lot more ring awareness and and I I got to focus on fighting as opposed to focusing on the nerves so yeah that is I mean I mean I've never had a fight in front of a bunch of people but I would imagine 
<laughs> that takes a lot of the stress off when you're not nervous thinking you know, what everybody's looking at you, staring at you. Yeah, I mean, it, and this fight was tough because I was going against a hometown guy. People were throwing ice at me. Huh. Um, they're yelling stuff at me. Somebody was like yelling, take your fucking wrestling shoes off because they think wrestlers are shitty. You know, like, I don't know, the fans do. Like, a guy in a, the Q&A was asking me, like, oh, why didn't you give the fans what they wanted to see uh, 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 to stand and bang? I was like, well, if you want to see what the fans want to see, go watch pro wrestling, bro. Like, that's what it's invented for. You know, that's why they invented pro wrestling, because fighting is fucking boring sometimes. Sorry. But another thing is, like, would I fight somebody with one hand if I, you know, had the choice to fight him with two hands? Why would I, like, see a chink in this guy's armor and not attack it? You know, like, if this guy can't handle me grappling, why would I stand and bang with him when I have an easy way to defeat him? That's yeah. silly. That's strategy. just silly. You know, you're not paid by the hour. Exactly. No. Win, so. yeah, man. no, and 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 those fans, you know, and I feel like remember Mick Foley when he had the um hardcore gimmick when he was like cutting those promos talking about the, cussing the fans for you know wanting him to put his body on the line. Mm-hmm. You remember those those ones? Yeah. yeah, you put you know I feel like that sometimes. Like, okay, you know I put my body on the line for a couple thousand dollars, which pays stuff, and oh, but I built tens of thousands of dollars with the medical bills. You're welcome. You know, like, I feel like going out there and just putting them in a headlock and holding them like McFoley would, you know, like, ah, <laughs> you like that? Ah, here, back, headlock takeover. Ah, you know, <laughs> you know, I feel like just doing some boring shit because, yeah, like, hey, like, why do I need character over that if you want to? <laughs> he did, you know, but I, I you know, I kind of, that there's a part of me that wants to cut that I'm, a hard, I'm hardcore promo in MMA. You know, just like, you know, because there's these these weekend warriors who don't have a clue what we're doing, and they want to see you. They want to see my body get mangled. Like that's that's what they want to see, and they they don't they want me to fight with reckless abandon. They don't understand that one loss will kill my career right now. I'm at the yeah. age, of the record. If I if I get one loss, the idea and the dream of the UFC is out of my reach. Bottom line, and for me to like. Go out there and do something like silly to lose a fight, like potentially lose it. Like I want to have the highest percentage winning rate I can. And you know what? I'm finishing guys in the EFC, so you know you should be happy. I'm finishing them. I'm choking them out. I'm choking them out. The other guy I knocked out. You know, um, I, I knocked him out on the ground. You know what I mean? But I'm finishing guys in the EFC, so I'm not writing out a decision. I'm not outpointing. I'm still finishing them. But to me, go out and just like. Go get go to that guy's strength and take away and not ignore his weakness. Like that's silly, dude. And then like, if you do it and get knocked out, then everybody says, "What the hell were you doing trying to stand up with a guy?" You know, so you can't win. Right. You know? I'd rather you get can't. criticized and win than uh, mm-hmm. worry about what they think and get the shit beat out of me. Yeah. You know? Right. You know, pro wrestling, like you said, you're there to entertain, but I think you can uh, you can make a character out of it, uh, even in real fighting. Because like you're the guy that you know, almost like GSP. I mean, towards the latter stages of his fights he was out there he probably could have blown through some of these guys but he was taking them down and and riding them and he was just winning on points basically. right and you know right i mean because he knew how much he had to lose by losing <laughs> you know it's like okay if, if you want us to stand and bang and have these crazy matches don't make us have so much to lose by losing like when you went to like say you went to japan back in the pride days you know win or lose those guys got paid well they always came back, 
you know, or, you know, certain guys, you know, they didn't, you know, they, they still like the warrior spirit or whatever. I'm sure there's guys that would lose and they'd, they'd, they'd push them off. But there are some of those guys, you know, like, uh, 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 Takata, Takata yeah, or Sakuraba yeah. or whatever. He's still getting paid well, win or lose, just, just to, you know, have some guts and go in there. The fans. Freaking Sakuraba in New Japan. Right? But like you said, in Japan, they, they just like your fighting spirit is the term. You know, even right. if you lose, as long as you don't go down like a pussy, for lack of a better term, they, they'll love you, even if you never win. Not that you know want to, want to never win, but it's more about right. the fight you put up. And um, that's, I mean, people say that in the UFC. You put on a great fight, maybe lose by decision or lose by oh. knockout. And then, you know, depending if it's a five-round war and you get knocked out, then, yeah, Dana White will be like, that was great, you know, and I don't know what good so, that yeah. does you. No, it doesn't do you any good, man. You you, you lose two fights in a row mm-hmm. at any point in your career, people are already telling you washed up. Yeah, I mean, I had, at one point I had a three fight losing streak, and then that last one I had a broken orbital and uh, you know a crushed nose, and I had to get reconstructed surgery. And everybody's telling me to hang it up and stuff like that. Uh, you know, give up. You know, go get a job. And right now I'd like to take that belt and wave it in all their faces. I mean, yeah, my bank account sucks, but I've got a nice shiny cool belt. From an international fight league, and you know, it, it's, there's more opportunity for it, you know, with that I, belt than without. So. Yeah, right. And it was kind of funny. I got a I got a message from somebody the other day, um, actually today on on Facebook, and he was like, "Dude, I remember when I was a freshman in college, I was hanging out with you guys in your living room, and and this is when I was a track and field athlete, and I was telling them how I was going to be a pro wrestler, and how I was telling them how I was going to be a professional MMA fighter. This is my dream. This is what I was going to do." And he told me that, and I, I don't remember this conversation at all. And I don't, I honestly don't remember really talking about it too much in, in college. And maybe at the time I was drinking, I don't know. <laughs> maybe I was like, the truth well, you serum. know, yeah. And because I, I don't like to talk about stuff that I, that I'm not, that I'm going to do, you know, until I'm actually doing it. But he was telling me, he's like, dude, you said you're going to do it, and you're doing it, bro. Like, and to me that was like crazy manifestation. And so it kind of, this is over ten years later. You know, but mm-hmm. still, it's very, very neat, you know. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, a lot of people talk about what they're going to do, but very few of them actually go out and do it, you know, yeah. put the risk in. And, the work. and I, I learned that from my dad, too. My dad never talked about shit that never – everything that he talked about, that, that happened. You know, he never, like, would just talk. He'd always walk the walk whenever he was going to talk the talk, you know. That's just how it's done. <laughs> All right. Well, before we wrap things up for you, why don't you let? Uh, did you get any word on um, maybe your first defense on the EFC? Yeah. So right now, the, the verbal agreement is uh, November 11th in Cape Town. Uh, I'm gonna fight. Hopefully, Don Madge. He uh, the, the the last EFC. He he got the mic. He beat a guy. Uh, he beat a guy, and. Um, he said, Dave Mazzani, I want my belt back. And I said, well, because he had a title, previous couple titles before, you know, three years ago. And I was like, well, and I, and I made a video right away. I said, Don Madge, you can't have your belt back, but I'll let you fight me for it. So let's do it. You, can't, you know, and so we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to scrap and it'll be, you know, it'll be fun. That's I'm excited. Cool. Oh, man, we'll get you on a, either a pre or a follow up after you head back out there again. Right. That's a, a long-ass trip. Yeah. Right. I was following your uh, travels online when you were coming home. Yeah, it's kind of uh, it's kind of exciting. <laughs> well, the trip's a little shorter when you got that belt in your luggage, I think. Then. Oh, yeah. I would wear that Look, everywhere. I would wear my belt. I would. I would totally wear my belt. Wear it to bed. I know. Excessive. Until people think you're rich. It's funny. People think I'm rich because I have it. And that, that belt, legitimately, the EFC belt, 
is a very, very nice belt. It's like made by the UFC belt guys. And so like it's heavy. Like you could actually do a belt shot with somebody and it would knock them out. You know? <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, uh, I, uh, I think we went over it in the beginning, but why don't you recap where everybody could find you online? Yeah, find me at um, at Mazani MMA at M A Z A N Y MMA. Uh, find that's on Twitter and Instagram at Mazani MMA, and also you can find my fan page at Dave the Pain Train Mazani on Facebook. Make sure it's my fan page because like I have a lot of people in uh, my other facebook purgatory <laughs> you know like there's a five thousand person limit on your regular facebook so it's getting up there really fast um because i had the local pro wrestling fans for on that one for some reason because i don't know i keep i keep it local but um at mazani mma and and uh yeah that and then find me there and make sure you take fight labs supplements because they're the best in the world and Come to Extreme Couture when you get here in, in, in Vegas. Come see an FSW show. If you see Freak Show Wrestling, come by Freak Show Wrestling. It's another good one here in Vegas. I had to miss it because I was at Naga. We did a, they did a back-to-back wrestling show. Saturday was Freak Show and FSW was Sunday. So you get a lot of good talent coming yeah, I definitely here. want to try out Freak Show next time we visit the nephew. If I can line up yeah. the dates. <laughs> yeah, see one you should those. definitely do it, man. All right, well, thanks again, Dave, for taking the time out to uh, do right. this with us. And um, yeah. we'll be following you around online, stalking you. And uh, best of luck, November 11th. If we don't talk before then, we might maybe do a UFC or wrestling review. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully we get Gina on the line soon. We're hunting her down. Yeah, she'll, she'll uh, make it back one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks again. All right, Thank you. All right, thanks, Dave. Bye, doggies. Bye, dogs. Bye. And we will catch everybody uh, next time on (laughs) On the the podcast. podcast Rational consideration paid for by the following. Bold one, arm drag. This is Brett screwed Brett. Who are you to 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 doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Brett screwed Brett. Bold two. Arm bar! Hey, get a nice shot of the brand new Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hurst Helmsley. I hate you. I hate you. I hate your hat. I hate your t-shirts. I hate your wristbands. I hate your shoes. I hate your music. I hate the C-Nation. I hate everything that you stand for. Soda's rule. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Hold three. The moss covered. Three-handled family gradunzel. It's me, Austin. It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the questions. You keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. I did it for The Rock. I did it for The Rock. I did this for you. Uh, Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Number four, armbar. I am Sir Michael Cole. I'll fight him. Miss Arita Franklin. I have to announce to you that I will never retire. I still got 200 more.